1: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcast, My name is Kenny, joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fine Tuesday?
0: Kenny, I'm doing well. Very well indeed. All the better for speaking to you, of course.
1: Oh, shucks. See, that's the level of comradery we've got here on that's the podcast. It. We're singing from the same hymn sheet. We are, we are. And it's... Uh, the week has arrived of the Wembley Stadium pay-per-view for AEW this Sunday. So, I believe they have now broken the SummerSlam record officially. Yes, I believe they've broken the SummerSlam record. I think they've broken the WrestleMania 3 legit record, but it's very hard because, you know, who do you believe what the actual number was? Did you ever have a sense of what you thought the WrestleMania 3 number was... I mean, nobody thinks it's 93,173. But do you think it's around 80? Do you think it's more? Where have you stood on that? Um, I mean, I, I always thought it was
0: 78,000. And yeah. I believe... I think, was it Zayn Bresloff? I think he was the guy who did confirm that. I think he was involved yes. in the promotion of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And he...
0: I think before he died, he confirmed that that was the genuine number. Um yeah as I understand it. Um, But I can understand why, you know, conversely, you know, on the other hand, I can understand why people would think that that 93173 number is correct. Uh, Because when you look at that camera shot, it does look like an unbelievable amount of people in the Pontiac Silverdome, doesn't it? It looks bigger than Wembley Stadium crowd. But, I mean, it's a different setup, and, you know, things like that are misleading so but yeah i believe it was zane brezloff who said yes yeah, seventy-eight thousand was the correct number but yes i mean but- i'm not sure I, I that's what that's what i believe to be true but you know what if i'm if somebody else can present the facts to disprove that i will accept those um
1: i will accept that evidence well you, you, sometimes you don't need evidence and facts you just have your opinion and that can be even better <laughs> than facts and evidence what um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no a huge accomplishment. Obviously, will be uh, yeah we'll we'll talk about it all in on next week's show, I guess, because you know it's a huge, a huge show um, coming up. But um, let's talk about the latest from WWE. We had the first. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Paul Heyman is is part of the Bloodline, but we had an episode of SmackDown without the Bloodline. Really, we had a Heyman promo, and that was kind of it. Um, I guess just generally, did you? Did you miss them? Did you feel like it was a a letdown of an episode not having them on it, or did it still stand at its own two feet without them?
0: Um, No, I didn't miss them um, because I think the Edge 25-year celebration really did offset their absence. And also, I didn't want them to be there because they need to sell this. And, you know, we know Jimmy's going to be there next week on SmackDown. um, But, I mean... Jay can't be there for many weeks. I mean, Roman could return. I don't know when he's going to return, but he can return at any time. That's fine. But Jay can't appear until oh, really October. I don't want to see him till October. And I want to see him turn up somewhere else in the interim. And I want WWE to publicize that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think I think SmackDown coped fine without them. I mean, how it will cope without them over the long haul, without this you know, big 25-year celebration for Edge. I don't know. I mean, it's time for WWE to get behind other acts and to try and prepare them and elevate them so they can fill the void. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. I don't know. But I mean, I'm glad they weren't there because it would have been absurd if any member of the bloodline, apart from Paul Heyman, had been there. And I thought Heyman's um, promo or his little interview with uh, Kayla Braxton... I thought that was really well done because Heyman sort of is usually really sure of himself and really confident and has all the answers and knows, knows what to say. And here at one point he started rambling, didn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, uh, but I mean, I guess that was part of his part of what he was trying to do was kind of sell the, the, the flux of the bloodline yeah. at the moment.
0: Yeah. The uncertainty, everything's chaos. It's up in the air. He doesn't know what's going on. That's it. That's my point yeah. is that, you know, paint. Heyman was saying that he wasn't going to give Kayla an update on what was going on. And Heyman got really defensive and then started talking about uh, Braxton's family members. Then he just started rambling and then he received a phone call and confirmed that Jimmy would be on SmackDown next week. So, um, you know, had he been confident and, you know, really sure of himself like he usually is, that would have been the wrong response given what happened
1: last week. Indeed, indeed, well, let's talk about what else happened on SmackDown. We had um, the Grayson Waller effect. Um, he brought out uh, Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio for the LWO, and um, we kind of got a segment here of you know Santos saying he was really happy for Rey, and he's only mad at Austin Theory because of what he did to him. Um, and this this brings out um, you know Adam Pierce eventually to make the match between Elliot and Austin Theory the U.S. title opportunity. Um, so they were, they were very clear here to not show any dissension between Ray and Santos. I was, I had my, my, my microscope, my detective glasses on, looking for any hint, but there was nothing given to us here.
0: No, they were united against the uh, Waller um, attack line and the attempt to drive a wedge between Santos and Ray You know, Waller accused Ray of stealing Escobar's thunder and his moments, you know, and becoming champion at Escobar's expense. And uh, they were having none of it. They weren't falling into his trap. You know, they weren't playing his game. Um, They just rejected that, um, you know, offhand. You know, go away. We're not we're not falling. You know what? We're not going to fall out with each other and you know allow this any sort of resentment to fester, you know, as a result of these accusations. And it didn't, you know, that segment didn't that part of the segment didn't overstate its welcome. And then Austin Theory joined them. He walked out, he people really booed him. Uh Theory said that he was played last week and that he should he should still be champion. And he said that Austin uh that Adam Pierce was going to come out and any moment now Pierce was going to uh, reuniting with the US title belt because he was the rightful champion. Um, and um, so I thought, you know, Theory, I thought handled himself well here. Waller at this point became kind of excess to requirements and Mr. Invisible. And I mean, it was another kind of weak performance by Waller. And I thought he was so great in NXT and that it's not translated to the main roster yet. I mean, may do. I hope he does, because I think he's a multi-talented guy who can do pretty much anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he just doesn't feel to me like he's made that connection with the audience yet in the way that he did in NXT. I mean, I guess we've got to give him time, right?
1: Yeah, got to give him time to see. But I mean, the, the best he's looked so far is kind of the the, the 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 Grace and Wall Effect with Edge, and then the match here with Edge.
0: That's yeah.
1: that was kind of the best he's looked so far. So he just kind of needs to be put in a story, because at the moment he's just kind of this... Background guy. I mean, maybe they think by him being a background guy and being involved in all these kind of interactions that by default he's going to feel like a name. But I mean, I think an easier strategy would be to put him in a feud. So hopefully he gets one soon. um, I agree. So then LA Knight
0: came out um, and he suggested a match with Theory. Adam Pearce approved it. Um And then, you know, The Miz arrived. So there's a lot of moving parts here, a lot of players. Um, so we had LA Knight versus Austin Theory with Miz on commentary. And Miz on commentary compared Knight to Fandango, Eugene and Doink the Clown.
1: Yeah, he's digging that knife in to, to LA Knight. And then he ended up distracting LA Knight in the end. Um, so Austin Theory was able to defeat him. Um, we kind of get the reverse on Raw with LA Knight causing Miz. Uh, What did you think of the decision to have Knight do the job here? Did it enhance the Miz feud or was it something you'd rather not have seen?
0: I don't think it really did Knight any harm and we we should mention that the Knight versus Theory match was for a shot at the US Championship. Mm. Um, So I mean I think it would have been a mistake even though the audience was all for LA Knight defeating Theory here and challenging Rey Mysterio. I don't think that would have been a really good spot for Knight at the moment and it would have been a really bad spot for Rey Mysterio, considering how popular night is with the audience. So I think Theory winning here made more sense. And I don't know. They haven't announced Theory versus Mysterio at payback yet, have they? I don't think not that's yet. been
1: announced yet. No. Sorry. So,
0: I mean, I hope that takes place at the premium live event because we haven't seen Theory on a premium live event for a while, at least not in a singles match, have we? No. We
1: haven't
0: seen them on a premium Live event, live event in ages.
1: No, uh, no, I don't think we have. Um, I'm just trying to find the last one here that he was on. What was the last Austin Theory pay-per-view or PLE? Uh, for, as a, in a singles match, the last one he was on yes. was... Backlash. Was Backlash, yeah, when he faced Lashley and Bronson Reed. So it's been wow. since the beginning of May. Uh, obviously, he yeah. was in the SummerSlam Battle Royal, but that doesn't really count. It's not a singles match. But... Um, yeah, last singles match was Backlash. Um, I mean, I was kind of, I, I wasn't, it didn't bother me too much the LA Knight lost. I, I mean, I, I didn't think the match was very good, I've got to say. I thought the match was quite dull. Um, Miz kind of saved it on commentary because he was just, you know, quite uh, energetic. But yeah, Theory versus Knight didn't set my world on fire. I think that's one thing that LA Knight I'm hoping he gets a bit better at is the in-ring stuff is fine, but it's not very exciting yet. But maybe that's just he's not in there with people who are very exciting. Um, but if he's going to rise further than he is, he's going to have to start having, I think, slightly better matches than he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the matches need to have more depth. I mean, we know when he wrestles, he's got this sort of routine worked out and usually does it well. Um, but if he if he's going to be a big star, he's going to have to have longer matches. You know, 15 minute matches and he's going to have to pace them and he can't just rely on his signature moves. So um, I think we need to see more from him in the ring. I actually quite enjoyed the match. Um, I thought Miz was was a riot on commentary. I mean, there were moments there where, you know, you're thinking, is he entering MGF territory where he's knocking the guy? But I think it actually wasn't quite that bad. And I think it was just done in an entertaining way. Um, and Knight reciprocated when he was on commentary j- during Miz's match with Tazawa on Raw, where he was knocking Miz and saying that he was average and, you know, <laughs> Miz stands as this example of somebody who could be boring and awful and yet still make loads of money out of pro wrestling, which I actually thought was a really funny line.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, so Theory ended up scoring a fluke pin on Knight um, after Miz caused the distraction uh, Knight was furious as Miz gloated. So, she, presumably, we're going to get Miz versus LA Knight at payback. I hope so. It's
1: been announced, it's been announced, right? Okay, yeah. yeah so, we are we are getting that match at payback. So, okay. Um, so elsewhere in the show, we had the Street Profits beating the OC. What do you think of the Street Profits' new, you know, their, their new vibe, their new persona? then with Lashley. Are they do they come across as a bigger act to you? than they did before.
0: Not here they didn't, no. I mean, part of the problem is Gallows and Anderson, who are just like a bucket of water to the crowd, aren't they? They're like (laughs) this fire extinguisher team. They just, you know, the heat is just doused when they come out. Um, And Street Profits were in the ring. They didn't have an entrance on TV that I saw. Did you? Am am I imagining things there? They they were just in the ring. I was like, who are these guys? (laughs) And they were new outfits. I didn't recognize them at first. Um, I mean, what's happened to Montez Ford? Has he stopped working out? He's got a bit of a gut on him. I mean, Ford used to be like ripped. I mean, it's
1: maybe like- yeah, maybe 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 I mean maybe he's just kind of going through a tough period. Maybe he's gonna be back to his fighting ships soon. uh but yeah, oh, maybe does-
0: so, maybe so. But I mean, this is a cosmetic this is an image conscious business. This is a cosmetic industry, we know this. Yeah, you know Bobby Lashley needs to get these lads in the gym. <laughs>
1: Um, speaking of uh, the street Profits though, because we did have the tag match with uh, Charlotte and Charlotte Flair, the world's worst babyface, and Bianca Belair against Io yeah. Sky and Bailey, um, and the, the babyfaces did win uh, the because Bailey tagged in at the end and Bianca hit her with K.O.D. But afterwards, backstage, Bianca got attacked by Io and Bailey with chairs, and it kind of yes. did occur to me, you know, is that. Is that providing a kind of scenario for the Street Profits to sort of tell Bianca you should come with us and Bobby Lashley? Like, is that something we could see? Are they starting to sort of show that, you know, there's power in numbers? I don't know. I just kind of, it was in the back of my mind when this happened.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, that could happen. Um, I mean, I thought M, you know, massively oversold the attack, unfortunately. It reminded me of when she was misted by Asuka. So it's like, you know, come on, bel You know, Bianca, you were making a bit of progress there as a character, and I felt like this was a regression to her bad old ways. And where was Charlotte Flair? I mean, they just teamed together. You know, they got on pretty well. I mean, they were, you know, at odds, were they? actually got on mm-hmm. remarkably well in the match. Mm-hmm. So where was Charlotte? You know, why wasn't she coming to Bianca's rescue? And you're right, yeah, maybe Street Profits. It would have been... Could be quite interesting had the Street Profits been around there and Montez had you know rushed to a rescue. I mean, that would have been, I think that would have created a lot of questions and made it a more interesting scenario than it was. Um, But as far as the Profits and Gallows and Anderson went, I mean, the match heated up a little bit when Ford did his dive to ringside, but this just felt a bit flat, this match. And um Bobby Lashley came out to congratulate um uh, Montesford and Angelo Dawkins afterwards, which was nice to see. Obviously, they'd only just was it last week, I think it was, that they, or the week before, rather, that they um toasted their pact, their new faction. So yeah, I want to see more from from these guys. And in some ways, what I was hoping for from this match, Kenny, was for AJ Styles to come out. I mean, I don't know whether he can save the day anymore. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You know, and also if AJ is out there, we have the threat of potentially carrying Cross rising from the dead again, (laughs) attacking AJ and we've got to keep the feud going for another few months or years. Um, And AJ, Gallows and Anderson versus Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. That's what I was hoping for from this. And instead, we basically got a clean win. Profits beat Gallows and Anderson quite easily. So I was doubly disappointed by the outcome.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, I I I like I like the Street Profits with Lashley. I'm I'm happy to see that. The only thing if they do end up going down the Bianca going with the Street Profits route is that would mean the continuation of Charlotte as a babyface, um, which is just, I mean, I think the issue is now we're at a point because Charlotte did say in a media interview, she she would love a match with uh, Sasha if she comes back, and it's like give Sasha to someone else, you know, let let someone else work with Sasha because Charlotte Flair just doesn't do it anymore. You know, her her record is way more missed than hit. Um, I mean, you yeah. see, see the WrestleMania match with Ronda Rousey last year. I mean, yeah, she had a good one this year with Rhea, but that's kind of the anomaly. There's nothing else that's been any good, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, is it possible, Kenny, that I don't think
0: we're going to talk about this because I don't think it's confirmed yet, but Charlotte Flair, I think, has some stuff going on outside the ring at the moment. You must have heard these rumours, right?
1: No, I don't think I have. What has she got going on?
0: Well, I don't know whether it's right or not, and I don't want to say. But <laughs> is it possible that something is going on in her personal life?
1: Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's rumours of um, people are assuming because Charlotte no longer follows Andrade on Instagram and vice versa that that means that they are, you know, they're having issues, which is obviously nobody's business. But yeah, I mean, that could be. I mean, you know, they were happy for ages, and she was still rubbish then. So, you know, well, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose so. But I
0: mean, I don't know if there's any truth to that. So I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, if it's that, if that if that is right, then that might explain why, you know, she's not as focused as she
1: was in the ring. Yeah, true. Uh, we'll see. Um, let, let's move on to Edge. We did have that great video pack. I mean, the stuff throughout the night, kind of promoting it, was really good. We had, you know the the video package with everybody in it. Talking about Edge and how much he means to WWE and the 25th anniversary. You know, Cena was in there, Sami Zayn, Miz, Charlotte, Sheamus, loads of people. Um, Sammy, you know, they're all they're all thanking him. Um, we got a video showing him on Sally Jesse Raphael with Bret Hart back in the day, which was a blast from the past.
0: Oh, right, yeah, 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 I remember that one, right. yeah.
1: And, uh, and then we well, got... obviously, yeah, I, rem- I remember watching it, I think when I did my Big Ed-
0: Edge um, career retrospective in Palestine yes. in 2011. I remember, uh, I think I used part of it in, in that feature. So yes. I'll tell you I would have liked to send some comments from, The Undertaker and Kurt Angle. And I was a bit yes. disappointed that they were not invited or asked to contribute some type of, you know... Tribute to him for the video, and I think those two, you know, had some obviously Undertaker. Undertaker had some huge matches with him, and Angle was an opponent of Edge's, and then they were teammates as well. And I think that would have
1: really complemented it. Yeah, I mean, because they, they did later on in the second video, they had like clips from like Austin Heyman and Undertaker, but like they were old clips; they weren't like fresh, off or anything new. So that was kind of like a repeated before. Yeah. But, um, It all led us to the main event, which was Edge taking on Sheamus. Um, There was a big thank you, Edge, chance straight away. He wore the Toronto Maple Leaf colours. I believe they had a T-shirt on sale that sold out very, very quickly in the arena. Um, There was like a Toronto Maple uh, Leaf-Edge collab. um, Somebody would have been in trouble for not ordering enough. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Beth was ringside for the match. It goes 20 minutes. Um, edge gets to win in the end how did they do here in terms of following up on quite a lot of hype the week of the show for this to deliver
0: i thought it was a good match i really liked at the end that edge was there you know devastated looked like he'd been a, through a real struggle and a war you know edge kicked out of the bro kick seamus kicked out of spear and then Edge won after a second spear, and there was a big fireworks display afterwards, and the show went off the air as they were, like, hugging, didn't it? As, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know whether they went slightly long or what. Looked like it. Um, and Beth Phoenix was in the crowd watching, and they kept seeking her response, and she's selling it like she's a performer, so that sort of thing always amuses me, and <laughs> Beth's there wearing a glasses, looking like a librarian, so that amused me as well. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I like the way that it, it really looked like a, an epic struggle and that both men were spent at the end. And I just thought, wow, wouldn't it have been great if Edge had done that for Finn Balor at WrestleMania? <laughs> and, you know, and maybe he did, but I don't recall him doing that. No, I, I don't recall either. him looking like he was almost beaten. And, um, you know, I keep bringing this match up, but it still annoys me that he beat Balor there. And then edge won, and I guess it was the right thing to do because he's Toronto, he's his hometown and it's, it's apparently his retirement match he's, he said afterwards this was the last match on his WWE contract, didn't he
1: Total Yes crap. his contract is up at the end of September so, um. so I mean it's
0: hard for me to believe he's going to continue wrestling I just I mean maybe he will, but I, as I, I think we talked about this last week or the week before it's like well what is the left room to achieve? you know, okay, he could take AEW's money and he could reform his partnership with Christian or have a match with Christian. But, I mean, is he ever going to top this? I don't know. It's up to him. It's his choice. I mean, if he's he's still, you know, in, in shape and can still go. I mean, physically looking at him, he's in the best shape he's ever been in looking at him. Yeah. I don't know what sort of shape he's in inside. I don't know whether he's in a lot of pain or what. Um, But, I mean... If I was him, I think I'd probably say this is a great time to go out. You know, this is a really nice way to end it.
1: Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, thought it. I thought it was good. I I thought the, the, the whole package was really well put together of how they did it. And um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what he does. I don't think there's really anything left for him in WWE. I know there's been rumours of AEW. I know he spoke to them before he came back to WWE for the 2020 run. Um I don't think it's the. I don't think it'd be the worst idea for him to do a couple of matches there. I think he could do some fun stuff there with fresh opponents. But it all depends. What would you call him? You know, how motivated is he to sort of go somewhere new and sort of be a slightly different character? I guess. Yeah. So lots to think about. But I, not, there's nothing in WWE that kind of excites me at this point with him because, like we said last week, he's kind of faced everybody. Yes. And. Um, At this point, if he was to face somebody really young, I don't know if it would have the gravitas that it would have had a year ago, or you know, like you said with Finn Balor, that was probably the time to put somebody over. Definitely, definitely, yeah. um,
0: And also, I mean, you know, if he's he's still got a connection with with WWE, that's still going to be making him money for years to come, and he can sign some sort of limited, not not an actual wrestling contract. But a contract probably to to make limited public appearances for them and like a legends type deal and it's like I can't believe he needs the money I just can't believe he does oh, so um,
1: but you know it will depend how he wants to go out uh, but then you know if you keep it's like Undertaker you used to keep chasing that at the end and it's like if you keep chasing it it's going to get further away from the way that you wanted the end to look yeah so anyway let's move on to Raw. Uh, Raw, a lot lot going on in Raw. Um, I did say this on Twitter, and I kind of stand by it. I thought the Nakamura video they did here was the best thing they've done with him in years. Um, Having him speak in his native language, having him kind of being this maniacal heel who's trying to, you know, get Seth Rollins. Do I I believe Seth Rollins is going to lose the title to him? No, but I thought this was a pretty interesting uh, way to present him. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Um, I saw that tweet, Kenny. I didn't know what you were on about at the time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was like a really nice little video they did with him and uh, with footage there of him with Becky and with the child and um, like close-ups of Rollins' is back. And the thrust of it was that I know his weakness. Nakamura said, I know Rollins' is weakness and that's his back. You know, his body has crumbled and uh, his final comment in English was, watch your back. And they confirmed that uh, Rollins would defend the world title against Nakamura at payback on September 2nd. So that's all approved and um, advertised. Um, and we know what the story of the match is going to be, don't we, Kenny? He's going to be targeting Rollins' back. And it'll—you know it's just basic wrestling psychology. He'll attack the back. Rollins will sell it, the match will progress, and, you know, it'll be... Well, I think we know who's going to win, but <laughs> I think I think they've done a really good job setting that match up. We know the story of the match before the match, before the bell even rings, you know, more than a week before the bell rings. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was well done as well. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. And um, I like the video, and I thought Nakamura looked suitably evil in the video. And um I like the way that he spoke mostly in Japanese, but there was some English in there as well. And that was all perfectly comprehensible and you know easy to understand. So um yeah, I thought as a setup this was for for you know, let's face it, payback is essentially a B premium live event, isn't it? And yes. I think Nakamura as an opponent on a B PLE is is
1: perfectly acceptable.
0: And I think they'll probably have a good match on the night.
1: Uh, elsewhere we did have the Chad Gable-Gunther match where uh, they had a hell of a match here and it ended with Chad Gable um, they were chopping the crap out of each other on the outside and then uh, Gable avoided a chop and that uh, let Gunther chop the ring post, Gable suplexes him into the townkeeper's area and Gable gets back in the ring, wins via count out first person to defeat Gunther in any way on the main roster um, since he's been in a singles out. match, in a singles match. So, yeah. yeah, big win for Gable. We assume it goes to payback. I'm glad they're they're making it go to payback because it's it's very good and I want to see more.
0: Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well done. Also, I mean, Gable took a hell of a beating, um, and um, at times we thought he's done for. And uh, Gable kept kicking out, and um, it just looked like this was going to be another not straightforward victory for Gunter, but it was going to be another win for him. So it was a huge shock when Gable won by count out. Um, And there was no silliness at all here. This was a straight match. There was no goofing around or clowning around. And um, I thought the finish there where Gable basically suplexed Gunter into the timekeeper's area and then just dive back into the ring to beat the count. And then, you know, the thing I liked about it, almost as much as the content of the match itself was Gunter's reaction afterwards. He was livid that he'd lost, you know, and that's the way someone should respond when they lose a match, especially if you've had this incredible win streak in singles on the main roster that Gunter's had since he was called up in, I think it was April last year, wasn't it? His first match on the main roster. Was yeah. it April? I think it was. Yeah.
1: You know. Right after WrestleMania last year.
0: Yeah. So um he was you know fuming at ringside throwing things around um and then he's backstage afterwards Gunter still raging about it and uh Ludwig Kaiser says, you know, I'm gonna sort this out, and then Giovanni Vinci's just there and he doesn't quite know how to react to all this, you know, but at least he didn't lose, so he's not <laughs> getting told off this week. Um and I was thinking, have we have we heard Vinci speak yet on the main roster?
1: I'm not sure if we have. I don't think so. I think uh, uh, Kaiser always gets the the rub of being able to do the the talking on behalf of the group. So, but I mean, I it's, mean it's he had that little news singles profession. run in, he? he had that little singles run
0: in NXT where he was playing like a, basically a bit of a playboy character, wasn't yeah. he? Like the guy flaunting his wealth. So he yeah. can speak, and I'm I'm a bit perplexed as to why he hasn't been
1: allowed to speak yet. Yeah, I mean it's a bat. If he if he is taken away from Imperium Vinci, I I I think it's going to be I, curtains. I, curtains. Yeah. yeah, I'd I'd be looking at flights back to. He's Italian, right? So it, flights back so. to Italy. So, maybe um, I mean, it's weird. I, mean, I I don't know why you couldn't get rid of him. Having the three of them is kind of a good number. I mean, maybe maybe he's being chucked out to make way for Ilya Dragonov. Maybe that's the the long term plan. Surprise yeah, mission. maybe. I mean, possibly. Um, but, I don't yeah, know. But,
0: I, I mean, Vinci, to me, I don't think we've seen the best of him on the main roster yet. We've seen, he's been there and, you know, I really enjoyed the, the feud they had with the brawling brutes after uh, Clash at Castle last year. They had that um, amazing six-person brawl, six-man brawl, didn't they, on yes. the, was it the sept? was it the October event? October Premium Live event, wasn't it?
1: Yes. I'm yes, sure. it was, it was.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, he's a real talent, and um, yeah, but I mean, he's somebody that does he really have the big enough personality to stand out on the main roster, and that's often what defeats someone. You know, when you go from NXT and you've done really well there before the smaller crowds in the smaller environment, and then you're front of the bigger crowds in the big arenas, if you haven't got that big personality to match, that's often what does you in.
1: Um, yeah, I, f- I feel for the guy, I hope he somehow makes it through, but his chances don't look good. Um, we did see Rhea Ripley defeat Candice LeRae. Rhea Ripley was also involved in other stuff in the show that we'll get to in a sec, but uh, she defeats Candice LeRae pretty handily then Raquel Rodriguez comes out with a crutch, but of course the crutch is a ruse and she batters uh, Ripley but Ripley does fight back, but you know Raquel does kind of dominate it all and um, she gets in the mic and says she's been cleared to compete and Adam Pearce uh, spoke to her and she's going to challenge Ripley at payback. This was a very good return for Raquel.
0: It was, yeah. She came out. Um, Ripley scored pretty effortless win over Candice. Things don't look good for her at the moment. Um, I mean, where's Johnny Gargano? What's happened
1: to him? And what's well, happened to Dexter
0: Loomis? They've all just vanished.
1: We Maybe. should mention. We should mention that Champ Tommaso Champa has on social media been handing out missing posters for Johnny Gargano. So I wonder if that is. I assume that's leading to D- a DIY reunion, and that might be why we're not getting uh, the way together anymore. But yeah, you you would have expected a bit of an explanation rather than just everyone going MIA.
0: Yes. So I mean, Candice, I would have liked to have. I mean, she, I mean, pretty much after this loss, which is pretty annihilation really from Rhea, um, Candice avoided the Riptide and had like a DDT and hit like a springboard moonsault. But then Rhea applied a submission hold and Candice tapped out really quickly. I'm not really sure what future she has on Raw after that. And Indy Howell was at ringside and she's she's just shown as nothing on the main roster so far. I mean, she just appears to be doomed. So, I mean, the best thing about this was the aftermath with uh, Raquel Rodriguez walking out on the crutch. And then she reveals that she doesn't need a crutch anymore and that she's been cleared to return to action. And she threw the crutch at Rhea Ripley. And that was an amazing shot. looked Perfect. And then beat Ripley down and looked, you know, pretty handy doing it. And Ripley really sold for her as she should have done. And Ripley retreated again as she should have done. Um, And it seemed like the audience were really behind uh, Rodriguez and felt like, wow, she might have a chance of defeating Ripley. So, I like the way this played out. You know, Ripley had to sell for it and did so. Um, and I'm looking forward to Raquel
1: Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley at Payback.
0: We haven't seen Rhea Ripley on a premium live event for a while either, have we?
1: No. we've. We, I mean, obviously, she was supposed to be on SummerSlam initially. Just, yeah. You know, all reports, then we never saw her. Uh, she was also in Backlash because she's faced uh, Zelina Vega. But let's see if she's had any other uh PLE matches since then. Uh, let me have a look. Um no backlash is also she's joining us in theory. Oh no 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 no, no. I take that back. Uh, she did defeat Natalia at Night of Champions in a minute and 10 seconds in Jeddah. <laughs>
0: yeah. How could we forget about that epic? That classic
1: <laughs> yes uh but yeah so a really good return for Raquel I'm looking forward to the match. Um yeah. we then had uh, Miz come out and do a promo in Montreal um, he talked about Eli Knight losing on Smackdown everyone's blaming him but he says there's no excuses on the big show um, and then he said uh, that okay. uh, w- weren't they in Quebec, I think they were in Quebec City didn't he do
0: like a bit of a joke about how Maurice was from Montreal
1: yes yeah, he did a bit, he did a bit of a shtick about Maurice from be- being from Montreal, she'd never come to Quebec City so the, you know, the crowd are just hating him for that um, <laughs> it's always really good when they go to Canada especially the French provinces because the the crowd are so up for it and they're so yeah. up for any sort of reference um you know it's really good for heels to get some heat there and for baby faces to get the easy pop um but Miz ends up saying Adam Pearce has let him handpick his opponent and it's someone bigger stronger and faster than anyone LA Knight has faced and it's Akira Tozawa and then Miz had this great line about you know Akira Tozawa is a former WE 24-7 champion too bad that title doesn't exist anymore it'd be perfect for LA Knight cuz it's also a relic from the attitude
0: <laughs> oh, uh, i mean tazawa what a body on the guy yeah Take me i mean just absolutely amazing i mean he just looks incredible and every week every time he see me looks younger mm. i don't know why that is but he just does
1: i want the name of his doctor I want to know who who that is. I've got Scottish jeans. I've got a fight way way worse than him. Um, but he, and, and Ellie Knight comes out. He he's he he's on commentary, um, and he kind of gives gives back to Mez as well. What was it? Cause he said uh, he said that Miz was a background oh, yeah. singer for Cena and The Rock
0: at one point. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, which was um, which was true. I mean, some of Knight's stuff there was was bordering on MJF. You know, it was. Kind of thing MGF would say where it was kind of burying the guy. But, I mean, it is The Miz. And, you know, The Miz has been dishing it out. You know, and I think they've got an understanding. Miz and, you know, Miz and Knight have both been doing this a long time. And they are well aware that this is a big gig for the pair of them. I think Miz has really reheated himself in this mini feud with Night. I think this has been great for him. He's shown so much zeal, you know, in his promos. He just feels energized by the whole thing. And so also sh- I
1: think I think that sorry to interrupt you, but I think that I think for Knight it's almost important he has to have almost MGF level zangers because he's on the way up. You know, yes, you, maybe, like yeah. Miz, Miz is at a level where you can kind of do any gag to the Miz and he can always reheat himself because he's just yeah. yeah he is very good. But with Knight, it's like he kinda has to stick the knife in extra. So I think but I, I definitely think you're right, there's a common agreement between them. But I think he I think Knight understands that, you know. He's on a momentum right now, and he has to keep it up. And uh, yeah. and, and then he ends up causing Miz to lose to Akira Tozawa, who apparently has not won a match on Raw, uh, a singles match on Raw, since 2017. <laughs> so, I didn't know that. <laughs> six-year losing streak is over for Akira Tozawa. So he must be very happy. You no,
0: know, I I hope they do something with this because I, I I mean I've always been a fan of Tazawa. I really dislike the way he was used for so many years, and you know he was great. You know in Dragon Gate, you know real talent. I remember he was in the ps 50 I think once or twice, and such a talent. And um, joined WWE, and they kind of treated him like a joke, and yeah, they still kind of treat him like a joke. But I think he's a very talented guy, and I just hope they. You Know they build on this and give him more to do,
1: yeah. And I think, uh, I think that NXT, NXT might not be the worst place for Tozawa to put for yes, a while agreed. to read. Re- yeah,
0: I'm with you there. I, I would I endorse that decision. Yeah, send him down there. He's, I think, he'd do really well working with almost anyone down there. But th- this was, you know, really good little segment here. Miz did the job to Tozawa, and you know, Miz was furious. You know, an LA Knight gloated at The Miz. You know, Miz received, you know, got his comeuppance for what he'd done tonight on SmackDown. So I thought this was all really effective promotion for The Miz versus Knight match.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, We then had, uh, I I also wanted to mention, we talked about the crowd, and the last two things I want to mention definitely include the crowd. We had the segment with uh, Becky Lynch uh, coming out, and then Trish and Zoe Stark came out, and... Trish Stratus seemed very thrown by the crowd here. Um, I Now, there's con- conflicting reports on what the crowd were chanting to Trish. Um, there, some people were saying that they were saying awesome goddess to her. Um, other people were saying they were kind of saying something disparaging to her, but it seemed like Trish just couldn't really get the, the flow of what she wanted to do here and she was kind of thrown off by the crowd and the fact they wouldn't they kind of wouldn't quiet down for her and they, they wanted to like her no matter what she did.
0: Well, yeah, there was like signs was in the crowd, you know, mercy, Trish. And, you know, it's because she's not from that area, but she's obviously from Canada and has been doing this for so long. And, you know, she was talking about her achievements in the Bays. And uh, I thought Lynch was really funny when, uh, when Trish said, you know, I was thrown out there 23 years ago. You know, and with no training, and I killed it. And Becky Lynch just pulled this expression, as if to, as if to say, "No, you didn't. <laughs> 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 you yeah, didn't. You didn't kill it. You know, you almost killed the business." <laughs> so I mean, that cracked me up. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this, and you know, it, I, what amused me was Trish Stratus referring to Becky Lynch as Lynch. Because it was almost like they we're back in the school playground, you know, when you're <laughs> in one by calling them by their surname, yeah. and that really—I don't know why that amused me, but it did do. And uh, and also, I wasn't expecting any, you know, a big scrap between uh, Trish and Becky Lynch here, because Trish was wearing unsuitable footwear for a rumble. I mean, she was wearing massive heels, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, I I do respect her her sort of shoe game. I mean she she goes all out. Yeah, there was there was a time before where she did her her like uh, her Kirana off the top thing that she used to do. The you know where she would run into the corner and flip up and oh and, yeah yeah and yeah like then, the
0: handstand thing
1: yeah yeah. And she did that with a pair of massive heels on. I think she did that. I'm sure it was like elimination chamber 2011. She was setting up that six person tag with. Snooky and John Morrison. Oh, right, and, I'm yeah. sh- and I'm sure she showed up in these like monster stiletto heels and still did that. I was like, my God. S- s- I mean, that's a better advert than you could ever do for Trish yoga, Strat- stratisfaction yoga, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. this was uh, so Lynch is going to face Zoe Stark next week in a False Con Emmer match. And then we've got the cage match on pay per view on the second next weekend. Yes.
0: I felt like Stark should have sold the announcement of the false count anywhere match more yes. than she did.
1: Yeah, she didn't really seem. I almost thought, did she hear it? Did she? Did she hear the match was happening? Yeah, uh, she
0: seemed like unfazed by it, didn't she? Yeah,
1: which you know, maybe that's what she's been told to do. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the reaction needed to be more. You know, it, she needs to be more shook about it than she was. Yeah, um, but the the big story. I think kind of was from the beginning of the show right through to the end. The story was about the Judgment Day and about them not being able to get on. In the opening segment, we had Sami Zayn coming out. It's a huge reaction. Then the Judgment Day are surrounding him. And he says, you know, did you really think I would come here of all places alone? And we've got the Kevin Owens return. He's recovered from his rib injury. So that's going to set up a match with Owens and Zayn against the Judgment Day. Any two members... And that kind of set us up to the night, doesn't it, of uh, which two members that would be?
0: Yes. I mean, the crowd were really into Sami Zayn, you know, chanting uh, Ole, and that was really good. And Zayn was, you know, soaking in those cheers and those chants. And then Judgment Day arrived and they were about to attack and Kevin Owens returned. So perfect timing for him. You know, he beat down the Judgment Day members along with Sami Zayn. And then that led to the challenge um, and then yeah, we had this show-long storyline,
1: didn't we, with um, you know the Judgment Day and... Because Balor and Priest be... didn't want to team up was the point. And then Ripley's yes. trying to say, you know, then we get JD McDonough there because he's with Balor. And the whole thing is that... I actually thought Rhea Ripley was great because when McDonough was kind of almost trying to interject himself and Ripley's saying, no, this is Judgment Day business. Like, you're yeah. not in the Judgment Day. Um, I thought that was good. And then she, even later on, says to Priest and Bala, you know, you guys need to decide or I'll decide for you. You know, she was giving them ultimatums, which, I mean, that's a, it's kind of the first time I can remember where a woman that's in a faction is calling the shots properly. She appeared to be the leader. I yeah. mean, that was the whole presentation. She is the boss and everyone listens to her. Which is, like, you know, a great a great place to be. Uh, in 2023, so I mean, it's it's much better than this past week on Retro Raw, where Tess told Stacy that he's going to make him make make her his whore. So I mean, we've we've come on leaps and bounds, yes, um, in 20 years. But um, and of course, it all led to the match, which was going to be uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens against Balor and Priest. But then we ended up within like a m- couple of minutes having, you know, this briefcase, it cannot get to Finn Balor for hell nor money, can it? <laughs> no matter it. who flings the thing. That's it, Owens
0: got it, he, and then he was DQ'd for using it as a weapon, and then um, you know, Cody Rhodes came out and said, we're not having raw ending like this, you know, it's three of yous, three of us, let's restart the match, so and then it became a six man, and in the end, happy ending, of course, for the locals, Kevin Owens pinned Dominic, which was you know, the right outcome on the night. This was the crowd-pleasing week for WWE, wasn't it? Edge winning in Toronto and Kevin Owens winning in Quebec City.
1: We can, I mean, because, you know, Canada, Canadian cities used to be massive draws for WWE. Yeah. And then they've kind of not really utilised them as well in the last few years. So it makes sense that, you know, one of the things Triple H is doing is making sure that Canadians are kind of going, well, if I come to a show, I'm going to get a really good time out yeah. of it. And that's what they got here. They got their their big babyface uh, team at the end with Cody, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Judgment Day. They, I thought they did a really good job of having the Judgment Day thing continue to simmer, um, even though it wasn't really going to advance much this week. But they did a good job kind of keeping it going. So,
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, we still don't really know how it's all going to end all because last week they were... They were trying to convince us that all was well and harmony had been restored. And then yeah. this week it was, you know, a setback and they can't agree on who should team up against Owens and Zayn for the belts in the main events and Rhea Ripley has to step in and make the decision and then it leads to six man, and then they lose again. I mean, the Judgment Day, you know, racked up quite a few losses and um, we don't really know what JD Is JD going to be accepted as a fifth member or not? I mean... So yeah, at least there's some storytelling going on here. But yeah, again, you know the the creative teams have got more time now, haven't they? Because there's not much going on with the Bloodline.
1: Yeah, so Judgment Day obviously are the the the, the de facto faction at the moment. So
0: exactly, we yeah. really, were saying we're the most dominant faction in WWE right now, which they are.
1: And uh, yeah, it was a fun episode. Um, payback doesn't feel. I mean, because we've not got a match for Cody at Payback. Uh, we assume, I mean, I assume this next week on Raw, Owens and Zayn are going to set up facing the Judgment Day in some form at Payback. Yes, I would um, say. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be intriguing to see kind of where, where Cody's going to go next, what his next storyline is. Uh, but Payback feels like a, it's not going to be a blockbuster, PLE. But no. um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see if they can keep the trend going of, of delivering big shows. We uh, could obviously again no bloodline. so. Um, but anyway, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Thursday on Patreon, Friday on the main feed with Power Slam talking news. Uh, we'll do an overrun where we'll do an all-in preview, so we'll have that up before the weekend as well. And we will be doing our uh, our anniversary stuff once I'm back from London, so stay tuned for, for that. And uh, and of course, you can pre-order issue 36 of Inside the Ropes magazine at the Ropes Magazine.com. What is lot's going on, then yeah. as always.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah, that's on sale next week. Um, I've just started on working on another uh, installment of what else is going down. And we are recording something else
1: tomorrow, aren't we, Kenny? Yes, we are. We're also going to be recording the SummerSlam 2003 review tomorrow. So we'll have that in the can as well. So you'll be up to date with all your retro stuff. Um, and yeah, Patreon is the best way to hear extra stuff from us and support us and allows us to keep doing all these free podcasts as well at patreon.com. Forward slash inside the ropes. So, yeah, Finn, I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. It's three days in a row. I'm going to get to speak to you. It's a it's a win for me. It is. I mean, this is going to be the highlight of your week. Never
0: mind that you know trivial, you know, little you know rinky dink
1: wrestling show this weekend. Your highlight, is speaking to me. Listen, when I get to speak to you, I get to in the comfort of my own home. I'm comfortable. I've got Hulk beside me. You know, I'm not going to, I don't need to pay. You know. £10 for a pint or anything. So it's all good. There it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on Collision.
0: There was ah. somebody in the crowd who held up a sign which read, why is beer $18? It's
1: a very valid question. It's a very valid <laughs> question.
0: That, that's beyond my comprehension that you could go to, a to an arena to watch a wrestling show and a beer would cost $18. But presumably it is because... Why would this person create the sign if that wasn't the case with that number on
1: it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the prices of stuff now is, is insane, especially because you're there for so long as well now. So, I mean, I've, I've heard that. Is it true that Wembley have a strict curfew of, like, 10.30? So you kind of have to be out the door by then?
0: Well, I imagine so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I imagine they do, because if you think of how long it's going to take for everyone to
1: leave neighbouring communities as well
0: yeah of kind of people, I mean it's yeah. in a built-up area isn't it I was just I mean I was in London late June and I was stopping in Uxbridge and um on the way I passed you know Wembley Stadium mm-hmm. so um yeah there's lots of people around there and hey everyone's got to get home and yeah I can imagine that the they do have a 10 30 curfew so that people aren't walking you know walking home at like midnight or whatever and making a lot of noise
1: yeah. Well I mean yeah I we'll, we'll, I'll I'll report back next week of all the Wembley findings so that we can uh dis- discuss um how I mean the the poor bastards that are going to be uh working security got to sit there until 2am when Tony cans finished the media scrum that'll be our job <laughs> <laughs> Anyway oh, um, <laughs> so yeah thank you for all your support everybody and we'll talk to you soon